Welcome in, everybody. This is the week five recap episode of Mo and McGee on Fantasy. Kevin, how are you doing? Uh, I hear that uh, you have brought in a guest. Yeah, we, we have uh, Dan Swift, um, two-time TKD champion um, and defending champion here uh, to bring wisdom and insight. Yeah, the, the wisdom is often confusing, but it always ends somehow at a good place, right, Dan? Yeah, you don't ever really know what's going on in my brain, but you don't really have to know. Look at the trophy case and look at last week, 163 points, league defending champion, and now future podcaster Hall of Famer. There you go. Big big shoes to fill there. Um, all right, let's start with our names to for, uh, remember, names to forget. Kevin, let's go with you first. So name to remember, I have Galil Shakur. Um, they're out there in Buffalo. Isaiah McKenzie um, is currently out or in, in concussion protocol. Not sure if he's going to play this week. Jamison Crowder missing some extended time. Um, so Khalil Shakur was the next guy in the slot um, for them. Uh, and on, on a high-powered Buffalo offense, He's a name that's going to pop in and out of a fantasy conversation here for the next few weeks. He's a, he's a name that you definitely want to remember. Yeah. Um, my my problem is I, I feel like Isaiah McKenzie, that's his job to lose once he gets back. Um, so what happens there? And it seems like everyone outside of Diggs is a little streaky as far as their fantasy scoring goes. But it, it's very clear through – five weeks that if you start uh, as the Buffalo slot receiver, you're probably going to score a touchdown. There you go. You only need a touchdown to be playable. Yeah. Uh, I beat, name, name to forget. Oh, oh go, go ahead, ahead Dan. Dan. Oh, pardon me. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I'm interested to see this week. So uh, Kansas city, Buffalo, obviously all the hype there, given the playoff matchup, um, and, and coming off of that and coming off of last week's beatdown of the Steelers, the Chiefs ran a high-powered uh, primetime game. How does Buffalo change their game plan? And I, I, I would be interested to see just how much they run the ball this week. I think they're going to get the running backs more involved. They're going to try to slow the game down. They don't want to get this into a shootout out of the gate. So that's that's my only reticence there with Shakur is uh, uh, could be a lot of running, uh, at least early on in the Buffalo game plan. Yeah, I mean, definitely we saw that Kansas City was vulnerable there, um, vulnerable against the run, against Josh Jacobs. Um, who's your name to forget, Kevin? Name to forget is Mark Ingram. Um, New Orleans Saints backfield. Uh, we now have Alvin Kamara back. Uh, it looks like Mark Ingram has missed his opportunity. Um you know, really the best case scenario for Mark Ingram was that you were going to get some rushing touchdowns. But as we saw last week, that could definitely be Taysom Hill territory on uh, as well. So between Alvin Kamara and Taysom Hill, uh, it looks like the gap is closed for Mark Ingram. And uh, if you roster him, let go of him. And if you're thinking about him, forget him. There you go. Um, let's just head right into my name to remember. And that's Joshua Kelly. Uh, interesting stat. Austin Eckler has not had a touch within the five-yard line uh, for the Chargers. Sonny Michelle has had a touch. Joshua Kelly has had multiple touches. Um, as far as 
fantasy goes, you don't want to be completely reliant on touchdowns. However, it's a touchdown game. Uh, Josh Kelly is the touchdown guy for this Chargers offense. Um, and, and I think it'll be a valuable one once Herbert gets that, uh, you know, that rib fixed. They start moving the ball a little more. Uh, it's very clear that through five weeks, Brand Staley doesn't trust Austin Eckler to get those tough yards. He does trust Josh Kelly. Um, I think at some point Sonny Michelle goes away, and it's kind of Josh Kelly's gig. Um, and Josh Kelly has the Austin Eckler injury upside, uh, and you always want a couple of those guys on your bench. Yeah, I, I think you hit on it there. The the concern with Josh Kelly is, is Sony Michelle, um, and if not Sony Michelle, it. Spend a uh, you know day two pick on Isaiah Spiller, I believe, um, unless he was fourth round, which very well could have been. A couple names out there that could potentially turn this into a committee if Eckler goes down. But uh, if you're con- if you're comfortable playing with playing Kelly on touchdown or bust, um, definitely a name to remember. Yeah, I think um, the one thing you need to factor in here is that uh, they're clearly forcing the ball to Eckler on early downs, getting him his touches, getting him his carries. The last two weeks, that's paid off. He's broken off big runs early in the game, and then they've gone back to him, gone to him, gone to the well throughout the game. You know, what happens uh, when they come out of the gates uh, one of the next few weeks and Eckler doesn't get break off the big run in the first quarter. Do they start to go more by committee and give more Kelly carries throughout the game that aren't around the goal line? So, anyway, something to keep an eye out for. All right. My name never forget. Kevin, this guy's near and dear to your heart. Allen Robinson. Time to be done. Time to put him behind the shed. Time to put him away. Um, he's running a lot of routes. He's out there a lot. The Rams' offensive line is just too bad to run the plays that they're trying to run for Allen Robinson. Um, I think if they had an offensive line that held up, Allen Robinson would get maybe some more streak plays, some shots. Another scary thing is there's been a lot of flirtation with Odell Beckham Jr. Coming back. I do think that probably doesn't affect Allen Robinson as much as it affects uh, Ben Skoranek, but Allen Robinson is, you just can't trust him. And five weeks into the season, if you're going to play someone, you got to trust them. I don't even know if Allen Robinson technically has Cooper Cup injury upside at this point. Um, it does not seem that Stafford has the trust in him. Yeah, at the beginning of the season, you asked me if I was ready to get burned by Allen Robinson again. And I said, soak me in gasoline and burn me again. And that fucker did it. God damn it. Um the concerning thing this week is we did see he was on the field a little bit less, you know, dropped from a 97% snap share down to an 88, 85% snap share. Um, getting on the field less is is definitely concerning. I do think that the you know the path to to excellence is a Cooper Cup injury, but you can't you can't be banking on injuries, especially at the wide receiver position. I own Allen Robinson, and I think all but one league that I'm in. And uh, after this week, I don't know that I'll own him in any leagues. And it drops, Phil. Um, Dan, any thoughts, any name to remember, name to forget that, you know, just popped into your mind as we're, as we were talking about these. Well, I'll go back to Kevin's comment there on Allen Robinson. Uh, I went back and watched some of the tapes in week, week three and week four. 
and and really dialed in on Robinson to see what the the problem might be there, Kevin. And you know, I think after he wasn't get the touches in week one and week two, he started to break some routes off early in weeks three and four. And I don't know how you gain the trust of your quarterback uh, if you're breaking routes off early as often as he was. I think he's trying to play Cooper Cup in an offense that's not going to feed him the ball that way, and uh, he's probably broken the trust long term, in my opinion. There you go. That's why we bring Dan on, Kevin. He he watches the tape. Usually he's watching just players' knees for hours, just watching <laughs> watching them cut and watching the knees if they if they buckle or anything. Um, but How do Cooper he's... Cup's knees look, Dan? Uh, they look very sturdy, Kevin. Let me tell you. Uh, went to some of the YouTube videos back when he was in high school, before the Eastern Washington days. He was doing some of the plyometric moves that the more modern players are doing today. Back in 2009, Kevin. And there's a reason why he's top of the leagues right now, wide receiver one. That's why he's he did tear his ACL three years ago, four years that's ago. That's why, Kevin, he's the best player in fantasy. No doubt in my <laughs> mind. No doubt. Plyometrics. Plyometrics. Strong knees. Um, all right, let's head into the next man up segment. We had some kind of uh, minor injuries this week. Nothing too serious except for Rashad Penny goes down a fractured leg. I don't know if they've said what part of his leg, but um, a guy who had a consistent injury bug gets struck again. Uh, This is Ken Walker time. Um, How good can Kenneth Walker be with a full complement of touches? Let's go to Dan first. Uh, I think he can be outstanding. I think he can be a dependable, reliable starting running back in this league. I think the problem's going to be you have a horrible Seattle defense, a team that has relied on Geno Smith to date throughout the year to throw the ball. And if Kenneth Walker is not getting the touches early, if the Seahawks D gets them down early and they're in a hole and they have to throw, Ken Walker is only going to get predictable run touches. He's probably a 10 to 12 carry guy this week if they're down big. And uh, But I think long-term, he's a starting running back in this league. That's how much I believe in Kenneth Walker. There you go. I know you're a big fan pre-draft, Kevin. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think this is Kenneth Walker cashing in. Um, I think the key, what will be really interesting, is does he catch passes? Um, so at Michigan State, he, he did very rarely catch the ball, also very rarely given opportunities to catch the ball. Um Pete Carroll said in preseason that he has a great, good enough hands to be a third down workhorse to be out there on the field. Um, but are they going to um, trust him more than some of the other pieces? I think Travis Homer will be back. Um, I could be mistaken on that. Is somebody else going to fill in on third down? I think that's what's going to either take him from, uh, you know, great start to, you know, potential league winner as if he's catching passes. All right, uh, let's go to the next injury. Russell Wilson, sounds like he's going to have surgery on his shoulder. Um, I don't know if that's going to put him out at all. He might try to play through it. However, does this concern you? Um, Like we do with every quarterback injury, we don't usually recommend playing their backups. Um, But what does this do to Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Melvin Gordon, Mike Boone? Um, I, I think this is concerning for Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton was a lot of times the, a deep play guy. Um, I look for Jerry Judy to potentially move into the slot a little bit more. And, um, you know, he's always been touted as 
one of the the best route runners um, in the league. Maybe it's a slight boost to Jerry Judy. I at this point that Broncos offense looks so bad that I'm not really pleased with anybody, and I'd probably look to pivot away from it. Um, just ugly, ugly stuff. Dan, you've you're been, you're on record not uh, being a big Broncos guy. Honest to God, I don't think there's anyone that's a reliable, playable fantasy option in that lineup right now. Obviously, you have to play a couple of those guys if you took them early in the draft this year uh, and expecting big things out of them. I just I just don't think they're the big play, the big game potential is there for anyone on that offense right now. Yeah, I tend to agree. Um, my hope, mainly because I own Mike Boone in two out of three leagues, is that uh, – either Russell or whoever plays quarterback starts dinking and dunking to Mike Boone. Um, so that that's what I'm going to hope for. I don't think it's going to happen, but, um, you know, we could see it. Um, Damian Harris goes down. This is a guy that you're familiar with, Dan, as you're a Ramondre Stevenson owner. Uh, Damian Harris goes down. Ramondre Stevenson explodes for over 100 rushing yards. He had been playing well even with Damian Harris. Um how high can Ramondre Stevenson get with Damian Harris out of the picture? Uh, it's hard to say. You know, I, I I love that I have Ramondre on my team. I know I'm going to benefit from this injury. I do think he's a solid 15-point producer. I just think they change things up so much in New England. Belichick always likes to rotate his running backs. He's never consistent in who gets the goal line carries, and I just – Without the touchdowns there, I, it's tough for me to see Ramondre being a consistent 20 to 25 carry guy a game. I think he's 15 to 18 carries and you pray for a touchdown. Uh, but that might be all you need if he was drafted in the later rounds and is one of your flex options. Kevin, would this be a perfect time to trade Ramondre Stevenson? I think so. Uh, I Like Dan said, they, they love to rotate things out in New England. Um and, and never really go to what you're expecting to do. Um, you, you could see Pierre Strong get a little bit more action than people are expecting. Um, Damon Harris will at some point be back. I think it's a great time to, you know, sell super high on Ramondre Stevenson um, before everybody else gets a look at what the Patriots um, are, are going to be doing at running back. Yeah, people forget – Ty Montgomery was supposed to be the third down back ahead of Ramondre Stevenson entering the season. Um, I believe he's due back in um, either this week or next, which could throw once again, another wrench into the, into the program. And, um, you know, I mentioned it last week when you asked me the question, which fantasy offense do I not really want pieces out of, or who's the worst coach for fantasy purposes? It was Bill Belichick because, you know, I think he was on record after the game saying he loved, loved, loved Ramondre, said it three times. Um, but I think he probably also loved, loved, loved Jonas Gray when he scored four touchdowns and then he <laughs> cut him next week. Um, so never know what he's going to do. Uh, last injuries, we have the Dolphins got banged up. Tyreek Hill got his foot stepped on, left the uh, stadium in a walking boot. Teddy Bridgewater no concussion, but with the new protocols, if you're stumbling, bumbling, you're out for the rest of the game. Yeah, and it, to me, this looks like uh, Raheem Mostert is the big beneficiary. Um, 
it's going to be Skylar Thompson, preseason star that steps in at quarterback uh, in, in the interim. Um, and as high as the Dolphins are on their third string quarterback, um, they're still going to run the ball a little bit more, especially in a Mike, Mike McDaniel offense. Um, looks like Raheem Mostert has, you know, fully taken over the lead back duties over Chase Edmonds. Um, and, you know, I'd like to go Jalen Waddle also as a beneficiary, but he's also banged up. Um, and the limited passing game is not going to help things. Um, Tyreek's, Still probably going to play some, just won't be as effective. I, I really like Raheem Mostert as if you're going to single out one guy as next man up, uh, he's the pick for me. What a great week for the Minnesota football Vikings to be traveling down to Miami, huh, Kevin? Those fucking bastards. Uh, any thoughts on the Dolphins situation there, Dan? No, it's tough. Uh, I really like that coach. Uh, he's kind of a goober, but I think he could win some football games down there. I don't know what he's going to do with his quarterback situation. Uh, very tough for a first-year head coach to be forced in your third-string option. be interesting to see who they bring in. Uh, would be a real shame if they brought somebody in off the streets who just beat the piss out of the Vikings this week to make me a little happier. Yeah, of course it would. Um, all right, let's go to my one of my favorite segments here, Hot or Not. These are guys that had good week fives. Do we think it can continue here uh, in week six? Taysom Hill kind of came out of nowhere, but he did have two games over 10 points in, in weeks one and two, uh, but had a 34-point explosion. Uh, ran for three touchdowns, threw for one. Um, he's tight end eligible. How much money are people going to be spending on Taysom Hill? And is it a good idea to spend a bunch of money or bad, Kevin? Um, I'm, I'm looking for people to spend 30 to 40% of their budget on Taysom Hill. Um, you know, a really solid chunk. I won't be getting him at that price, um, although – you know, it's elite upside at the tight end position. Uh, there's also a very real possibility that it puts up a zero for you, um, which is which is scary. And a lot of times, you just can't take zeros. You got to take eights. Um, so, if you if you need the upside, I do like going for Taysom Hill, um, but uh, it's going to be high risk, high reward. Dan. Uh, you know, in our league specifically, there's another guy, a lot of guys who need to fill a hole at the tight end spot. Uh, I'm in Kevin's camp. I do think there's a, a good possibility he's throwing up to zeros, ones, and twos, but he might offset those with some 20s uh, in the tight end spot. I think you need a solid eight and hope for 14 upside. And, um, you know, he, he is on my waiver uh, fab budget watch this week. I will not say what my offer price is. Uh, Kevin may or may not have just influenced it. I'm going to hold steady with my previous offer and, uh, we'll see who wins this week and what comes of it. Well, there you go. Uh, another guy, interesting enough, Gabe Davis has a huge game, 30 points. He only needed three catches to get him there. Um, one being a 98 yard touchdown, the other being a 64 yard touchdown, um, so many people that are listening to this are from the TKD League, so they know the history. Some of you may not be in the TKD League. Um, before the season started, Dan drafted Debo Samuel. I actually had him as a keeper. 
I think a round six or four keeper. Really nice keeper. Great value for Debo. One of the best fantasy wide receivers you can have. Inexplicably trades him for Gabe Davis week one. Gabe Davis does outscore Debo Samuel in week one. He also outscored him pretty heavily in week five. And Dan, you just executed another trade. You traded Gabe Davis away for George Pickens. So you do not believe that Gabe Davis is hot. You don't think this is going to continue. You're on the not side. Uh, debatable. Um, who's to say that there might not have been some other favors involved in that trade? Let's just put it this way, though. Uh, when this podcast airs, the league will have seen the trade. It is true. I have parlayed Debo Samuel into, um, what's his name? Uh, Pickens. Uh, he's going to be a star, okay? Uh, but that's besides the point. The, the point here is Gabe Davis. What I like to compare the Buffalo offense to right now is the Kansas City Chiefs. Interesting enough, they match up this weekend. Both Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen have very reliable uh, first options that they will continue to target throughout the weeks, and that's Stephon Diggs and Travis Kelsey. Beyond that, it is a goddamned crapshoot. Uh, Gabe Davis is a deep threat. I don't think he's an all-season deep threat. Josh Allen will force the ball deep from time to time, but Stephon Diggs is an option there. As Kevin mentioned earlier in this episode and in every other episode, he loves all these guys. They throw in the slot. Devin Singletary is going to continue to get carries. I think Gabe Davis is a max five to seven targets per game. You're going to rely on the touchdown production. So why did I trade him for this guy? I can't remember his first name. George Pickens. Okay. I watched the game the other day. Kenny Pickett is a young quarterback. He needs to get the ball out of his hands quick. He needs a reliable target. He has been practicing all offseason. I went back. I Googled the articles in June after the draft. Pickens and Pickett hanging out, swinging each other the ball. Kenny Pickett is going to be forcing the ball out of his hands and into George Pickens' hands. I am predicting no less than double-digit targets for George Pickens in the next two weeks. And two really nice games in a row. Um, eight targets in both games, six catches in both games. Um, you know, like George Pickens. But, Kevin, this was about Gabe Davis. Do you think Gabe Davis is hot or not? Yeah, I I like the comparison um, to the Chiefs. Uh, and another comparison to throw out there, Tyler Lockett of the last couple of years, a, a guy that, you know, can be wide receiver three through two weeks in the season and then put up enough zeros. You keep trotting him out there in your starting lineup um, to get one, two, three points, um, and you just feel miserable about it. Gabe Davis is not worth the stress. Yes, he's going to have the ups, but the downs make it definitely not worth it. Yeah, and this was why we are – have both been really out on Tyler Lockett for the last two years is, you know, he's going to end the season. Gabe Davis will end the season as a top 24 wide receiver, I'm guessing, because he'll have more games like this. But he also, as Dan knows, put up uh, theoretical goose eggs in weeks two through through four. Um, and like you said, the headache of knowing when, where the long scores are going to happen yeah, I'm, I'm with you guys. Gabe Davis, not worth the week-to-week headache, so not hot. Uh, let's go to our next guy, Jacoby Myers. Jacoby Myers, New England. He was injured last week, 
but back this week uh, and, and put up a big point total, Kevin. Are you trusting Jacoby Myers through the quarterback changes of, you know, potentially Bailey Zappi to Mac Jones? And who knows when that all is going to happen? Yeah, we, we saw when Mac Jones was in there that he liked to target Jacoby, and we saw Bailey Zappi do it last week. Um, Jacoby Myers is going to be the safe collect 11 targets option out in New England, and I want as many of those guys on my team. I think he stays hot. No, he's not going to have a ton of 21-point weeks um, because he does have a trouble finding the end zone, um, but it's going to be very safe um, with, you know, if he can manage to get one or two here and there. Okay. Upside. Dan thoughts on Jacoby Myers. Yeah, I know who he is. Uh, and you guys have been talking about him for two minutes and I was trying to pull up his stats so I could say something uh, with any sort of uh, uh, smartness attached to it, but I can't find him. So, you know, I know who okay. he is. He sucks at scoring <laughs> touchdowns. I know that much. And uh, I do like Bailey Zappi, though. Uh, I, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say Bailey Zappi is the starting quarterback uh, next year in New England. Wow. That is that is off the limb there. Um, I, I don't even – how do you How do you, how do you follow that, that up? I don't know. You, you, um, don't, you don't bring me on the podcast for cold takes boys these are hot takes that's true um and another guy you might not be able to to find or even know who he is dan is alec pierce uh rookie wide receiver indianapolis colts goes off for eight catches 81 yards um he's been over 12 points the last two weeks it really looks like after he was injured and out in week two, he's came back into the lineup and been a steady uh, contributor uh, for Matt Ryan. Um, Kevin, you put this guy on there, hot or not, Alec Pierce. So I'm guessing that you have a strong take. Yeah, I think he stays really hot. Um, Frank Wright came out and said that they wanted to get Alec Pierce more involved in the offense. He saw that with the eight catches for 80 yards. Um, but that's also not exactly his game he is a great red zone threat he's a bigger guy great contested catch guy um he's going to see more red zone opportunities and if he can when michael uh michael Pittman jr has a down game when he can you know keep you afloat with eight and 80 um it's going to be a safe solid play i love him as a bench dash um wait and see what happens in the next couple weeks and you might find yourself a, a nice little starter there Did you have a sufficient time to look him up, Dan? Yeah, I know who he is. Uh, I've actually been trying to acquire him here in seven of my 11 leagues here the past two weeks. Um, anyways, he's a big target. Uh, 6'3", 220 pounds, University of Cincinnati product. Uh, going into his senior season, he, uh, <laughs> he ranked... You're just looking at his Google page. <laughs> yeah, is this the Wikipedia <laughs> summary? Well, going into his senior season, he ranked 15th all-time in the uh, Cincinnati receiving yards uh, top 15 list. Uh, they haven't updated their website since his senior year. I'm sure he had more yards. But anyways, uh, he's he's white. I just found that out, too, uh, from Glen Allen, Illinois, and uh, could be a star. There you go, <laughs> folks. If you wanted to know... 
If you want to know how much fab to spend on Alec Pierce this week, just know that he's 15th in Cincinnati <laughs> receiving yardage. Uh, there you go. Uh, let's Big go to our play bottom. guy, though. Big play guy, though. Let me tell yeah. you what. He had five catches for over 40 yards in the last three weeks of the year last year in college. Once again, that was college. Doesn't matter. Um, so we're going on to bum of the week. Uh, these are guys that you most likely started. These are highly rostered, highly started players. I'm going to go first, Kevin. Um, and this is a guy who uh, has been a, a little more up and down than I think people anticipated after his big week one. And that's A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown puts up an absolute stinker, 6.2 points against Arizona. Arizona had been beatable uh, in the secondary before this game. Philly kind of struggled. He played second fiddle to Devonta Smith. And so far, last two weeks, has not cleared seven targets. You're still starting A.J. Brown. He's still a good player. We've just kind of seen that a floor is there with A.J. Brown that, um, you know, you're hoping to avoid with that 10 for 155 week one. Yeah, he 6.2 points is, you know, just on the edge of pisses you off. Um, yeah, you, you want a big point total out of A.J. Brown. Um, but if his floor is going to be 6.2, this is probably the only time you're going to see it this season. Um he, bur- he burnt a lot of people because you had to take him with, with high draft capital. There you go. Uh, yeah, he was started in 95.8% of ESPN leagues, so um, burnt a lot of people this week. Who's your bum of the week, Kevin? Yeah, another guy that burnt a lot of people was Christian Kirk. Um, rocked us all into a false sense of security with uh, – 18 points in week one, 25 in week two, 19 in week three. Faces Philly and Darius Slay and James Bradbury and still gets 8.3, but had nine targets. So, you know, things still look good there. Against Houston, a place, a team that he should absolutely eat up. Three targets, one catch, 11 yards. Burnt a lot of people in a lot of flex spots. Uh, ouch. Yeah, it- is there better days ahead for Christian Kirk? Is it time to start being concerned that he only has three catches in the last two weeks? The concerning thing is Trevor Lawrence has looked really, really bad the last couple of weeks. Pretty hot start to the season, but um, five turnovers in week four and then just did not look good against a very beatable uh, Texan secondary. If he doesn't turn it around, Christian Kirk is going to suffer. All right, Dan, do you have a bum of the week? I sure do. Here's one for you guys. Gerald Everett. Ever heard of him? Bum. Bum. 1.2 points. Only two targets. Uh, the Chargers obviously decimated the Browns on the ground last week, uh, but still threw the ball 34 times. Two targets for Gerald Everett this past week. If you go back and look at his game log, the three weeks prior, over six targets, all three weeks. But you go back to week one. Uh, only four targets. That was kind of the big week for him, though. Had the touchdown. You take out the touchdown from Gerald Everett's game, and he's a four, five, six-point average player at tight end. I think he is worthy of a drop. A drop, I tell you. Oh, wow. Kevin, you're a Gerald Everett owner. you dropping him? No, I'm trying to trade him. Especially, so the really concerning thing with 
uh, Gerald Everett is Keenan Allen's coming back. So all that middle of the field work that, you know, has gotten him six targets is, is going to start fading away a little bit. Once Keenan Allen manages to uh, get that hammy back on the field, um, and he's going to be completely touch, touchdown dependent, which is, um, you know, there's probably 10 to 12 running uh, tight ends in the league that are touchdown dependent, and you can probably find a better one out there. So I'm trying to trade him, um, and I'm going to be sure to not release this episode until I trade him. Well, uh, I thought, Dan, that you were going to go with uh, another tight end who only scored less than two points. That's TJ Hawkinson. One catch, six yards. Uh, pretty abysmal, you know, day uh, for all the Lions. But if you listen to Moan McGee last week, I told you TJ Hawkinson, not consistent. He's just one big week and then he fades and then I'll have another big week and then he'll fade. Uh, it's tough to trust TJ Hawkinson week in, week out. Look, that's uh, that's the tight end position beyond the top two or three guys, and you got to know what you're getting there. Uh, he's not going to be an eight-point guy. He's 20 or two, uh, and you have to be okay with that as his owner. As his owner, you know, I, I, I watched the whole game. Why? Because I have Sunday ticket, not poor, and uh, saw that his one catch for six yards was in garbage time. And I know that he's going to come back this week. He'll have three catches and a touchdown in the first quarter and then fade into nothing. I guarantee it. That's who he is. And there you heard it, folks. We had some bums of the week. Uh, great stuff, guys, on the hot or not next man up segments. Um, as always, we will see you in the strategy theme episode with some buy and sells. Got a couple war room questions. And then I'm thinking we're going to put something on the board. 